This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Hosted by Pastor Matt and Jessica Stahlbaum. Morning Breath starts now. Hey, what's up and welcome to Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion. Sure to jumpstart your day. My name is Matt and this is Jessica and we're glad to be your video hosts. Of course, this is a radio show and a podcast as well, but we do record Monday's show and put it on video on the East Coast Facebook page. So we would encourage you to, to take part in that by joining East Coast Christian Center on their Facebook page, follow them, and you can be a part of this as well. What you up to, Jessica? Well, I just wanna tell you how to get involved with Morning Breath. If you wanna know more, you can go to eccc.us or you can go to our Facebook page or you can go to our app, which is really just where everything is in one place, which is great, the East Coast app. Or you can call our church office at 321-452-1060. And I wish people could see the background of the show. We'll have to take a picture and show. It's almost ridiculous. We have a light ring and a tripod with the camera. And then we have like this other crazy light looking at us. So it's just a new world, isn't it? Yes, it is. (laughs) It's fun to be a part of it. So we've been in Acts, uh, the book of Acts, which has been really great, especially during this time of the COVID crisis that we all find ourselves in. What, how are you doing with all of this? What are we in like week nine, starting week nine? Well, we're right here in week eight and uh, I believe at the end of week eight, uh, too many weeks. It's been too many and it it all runs together. And I I feel like the middle six weeks has disappeared from me. It's like, I remember the first two, the middle six are gone. Uh, how am I doing with it? That's a great question. Processing a lot of things and a lot of emotions uh, within myself as well as with a lot of other people. Um, people love to uh, share <laughs> share their feelings and their emotions and their concerns. Um, and as a pastor, I, I hear a lot of it. And I, I, I'm a part of uh, just kind of the inner workings of what people are going through. And so, you know, what's hard is the vast amount of information there is about all of this available at everyone's fingertips, but also the, the like the vastness of not only the amount of information, but the varying information that's out there. So we have like the conspiracy route, we have the government takeover route, we have the China did it route, we have the let's just be wise and you know, watch what happens route. And then the, there's the faith thing, which I think can intermingle with all of it. But then there's some people who are just like, we gotta have faith over fear, take the hill. So it's just really hard to find that balance. And we hear it from everyone and their own perspective. Then it's through their own perspectives. Um, so it's just, it's just really interesting. It's a vast amount of information with a complete lack of understanding, a consensus of understanding. Yeah. And uh, that's where really I think you get the spirit of the Lord working in your heart. You've got to walk in freedom. You can't walk in fear. Mm -hmm. You've got to walk in faith. Fear gives us three responses, fight, flight, or freeze. And you'll see it. If you just start paying attention to flight, fight, or freeze, when somebody's, you know, picking a fight with you, you're just like raging against the machine, you know, whatever, um, fighting the man and all that stuff. Like, are they walking in a spirit of fear? A lot of the times, yes. Mm-hmm. Fear doesn't mean you have to be afraid. <laughs> it means you can be angry. Mm-hmm. It means you can be working your your fingers to the bone. It means you can be terrified and anxious and struggle to think. It could even mean you're totally numb. You're frozen and you're yeah. just 
you just don't care anymore. You're just like, I'm not making any decisions. I'm just going to play Xbox. <laughs> so these are all the things that we're all dealing with. Um, the good thing is we're not alone in this. We're all fighting this. So I believe that uh, the answer is within the community of Christ believers that we would rise up during this time and we would shine like never before. Um, we'll jump into the chapter, but let me give you just a couple minutes of what East Coast has been doing. We don't often pump up our church in this show because we know so many other people do uh, listen to this, but uh, I'll pump up some of the stuff that the generosity through East Coast has done. And I'm sure, you know, there's stuff happening in all of our churches all over the place. So it kind of gives you just a snippet of what's happening around the, the county and around the world. But we've uh, we've given to over a thousand hospital employees, uh, retail or Publix store workers, Aldi, um, teachers, we've reached out to more than a thousand of them with uh, just encouraging gifts and uh, food and lunch and all of these things that are really, really important because uh, something I realized today is, you know, nurses, you know, there might not be a lot of COVID cases in our county, but you know, what's not available is visitation mm -hmm. in hospitals or in nursing homes and hospice facilities. There's no visitation required. So because family isn't showing up, nurses and doctors and uh, general, the, the people that work in hospitals are being asked to basically be family to people struggling. You go to the hospital for pneumonia right now, you can't go visit. Well, who's going to be the person caring for you? Nurses and doctors are already caring for your physical well-being and, and trying to take care of you as a person. Mm. Now they're, they're kind of forced to be your family too and your friends. And that's, that's a lot of weight. And uh, any encouragement we can give to that group of people is received to the point of tears often. We've seen many tears uh, from people as we, we've given them pizza and we've given them gifts. And yeah, just the just smallest love, things. You know, just anything. For them to be seen and acknowledged and appreciated. Yeah. Makes a big difference. We're at about 145,000 pounds of food given away since the COVID crisis started. Um, you know, we, we recently did an event where we had about 700 uh, popsicles. We partnered with River Road Popsicles, and they came out uh, and uh, gave us some popsicles at a pretty discount. I'm not a pretty huge discount. popsicle fan, but the River Road Coffee and Popsicle popsicles are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> They're really good. I mean, if it's hot out and it's Florida, I'll eat about anything cold at that point. They have. So. I know you haven't tried this one. They have a caramel macchiato popsicle that tastes like a caramel macchiato. Huh. It's good. Well, that's just some of the stuff that's been going on around East Coast, sharing the love of Christ with people. Um, get your caramel macchiato popsicles here, yeah, all right? Yeah. Well, we're going to jump into Acts chapter 25. And, um, yep, I'm going to read to 15. I'll read through 15. All right. Let's read. read. <laughs> now, Festus arrived in the province, and three days later, he went up to Jerusalem from Caesarea Maritima. And there in Jerusalem, the chief priests and the leading men of the Jews brought charges against Paul before Festus, and they repeatedly pleaded with him, asking as a concession against Paul that he would have him brought to Jerusalem, meanwhile planning an ambush to kill him on the way. Festus answered that Paul was being held in custody in Caesarea Maritima and that he himself was about to leave shortly. So, he said, let those who are in a position of authority among you go there with me, and if there's anything criminal about the man, let them bring charges against him. Now, after Festus had spent no more than eight or ten days among them, he went down to Caesarea, and on the next day he took his seat on the tribunal, the judicial bench, and ordered Paul to be brought before him. 
After Paul arrived, the Jews who had come down from Jerusalem stood around him, bringing many serious charges against him, which they were not able to prove. While Paul declared in his own defense, I have done no wrong and committed no offense either against the law of the Jews or against the temple or against Caesar. But Festus, wishing to do the Jews a favor, answered Paul, Are you willing to go up to Jerusalem and stand trial there in my presence before the Jewish Sanhedrin on these charges? Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal where I ought to be tried. I have done nothing wrong to the Jews, as you also very well know. Therefore, if I'm guilty and have committed anything worthy of death, I do not try to escape death. But if there's nothing to the accusations which these men are bringing against me, no one can hand me over to them. I appeal to Caesar, Emperor Nero. Then Festus, after conferring with the men who formed his council, answered, You have appealed to Caesar. To Caesar you shall go. Now several days later, Agrippa II, the king, and Bernice, his sister, arrived at Caesarea and paid their respects to Festus, the new governor. While they were spending many days there, Festus laid Paul's case before the king, saying, There is a man here who was left as a prisoner by Felix. When I was at Jerusalem, the chief priests and the elders of the Jews told me about him and brought charges against him, petitioning for a sentence of condemnation against him. Am I at verse 16 here? I told them that it is not the Roman custom to hand over anyone before they have faced their accusers and have had an opportunity to defend themselves against the charges. When they came here with me, I did not delay the case, but convened the court the next day and ordered the man to be brought in. When his accusers got up to speak, they did not charge him with any of the crimes I had expected. Instead, they had some points of dispute with him about their own religion and about a dead man named Jesus, who Paul claimed was alive. I was at a loss how to investigate such matters, so I asked him if he would be willing to go to Jerusalem and stand trial there on these charges. But when Paul made his appeal to be held over for the emperor's decision, I ordered him held until I could send him to Caesar. Then Agrippa said to Festus, I would like to hear this man myself. He replied, Tomorrow you will hear him. The next day, Agrippa and Bernice came with great pomp and entered the audience room with the high-ranking military officials, officers, and the prominent men of the city. At the command of Festus, Paul was brought in. Festus said, King Agrippa and all who are present with us, you see this man. The whole Jewish community has petitioned me about him in Jerusalem, here and here in Caesarea, shouting that he may ought that he ought not to live any longer. I have found he had he had done nothing deserving death, but because he made his appeal to the emperor, I decided to send him to Rome. But I have nothing def- definite. Uh, to write him to his majesty about him. Therefore, I have brought him before all of you, and especially before you, King Agrippa, so that as a result of this investigation, I may have something to write. For I think it is unreasonable to send a prisoner onto Rome without specifying the charges against him. Amen. What's interesting about all these chapters, especially towards the end of Acts, is they really run together. So the last time we did Morning Breath on Monday, the whatever, Acts 21, it was like ended on a cliffhanger, like, and he said, colon, dun, and you had dun, to read the dun. next chapter to find out what he said. And it's kind of the same with this. Like, Paul's about to be brought before Agrippa, the king, and he's going to give this whole speech. But, you know, you got to read your Bible. It's so fascinating. Isn't it interesting? It is. So good. What, what stuck out to you? Or do you want me to start? Oh, you know, just some stuff. <laughs> some basically, things and stuff. <laughs> basically, um, you know, I've been hearing... I've been he- pretty much hearing anybody in business right now, um, anybody working with the government, anybody working with school board, anybody in business, even within our own church, we are having 
a lot of discussions. There's a lot of things going on where it's this rule and that rule and this is happening and that is happening and why don't we do this and what about that and let's put masks on, let's take masks off and let's wear gloves, let's wash hands, all this stuff and all these things. How do we pivot our business and all of this? And I just found great comfort actually reading about Paul's life how he had to walk through uh, just a lot of difficulty with discussions with kings and, you know, all the stuff that's happening behind the scenes with these great conversations. I've, I've had a, the privilege of just speaking to a few friends who work kind of high up in NASA um, or even in the government. And some of them work with general contractors and some of them are helping rescue people that we're going to launch into space soon. And some of them are you know, liaisons for the Navy and for NASA and for uh, the U.S. government and SpaceX and all these things. And I hear these conversations uh, uh, that they have to go through about them. I'm really not in the conversations because it's not my world, but I hear about the conversations. And I hear the same thing. They're all frustrated and they're all frustrating. And then I think to myself, why, you know, why uh, would I think that in making big decisions, would there not be frustration involved? Mm-hmm. Like, it should all be so easy and all that stuff. And, you know, it's just not easy. There's yeah. a lot of difficulty in life in making big decisions, especially when big things are on the line. We're about to launch people into space, and it, it's going to be hard, right? We're talking about churches meeting again all across the country and all of that. The decisions are going to be difficult. There's a lot of factors to consider. You know, what do lawyers say? What does God say? What does the government say? What's the Bible say? You know, like you're just like, ah, like, should my business pivot? Well, that's a pretty life altering decision. Probably necessary. That's difficult. Anytime you enter into new territory, you're entering into the unknown, you're pioneering something, or you don't have a great model in front of you, and you can't really do a lot of real-time research, and, you know, those decisions are going to be difficult. And uh, the encouraging part is uh, that's really who God has called us to. You know, the Bible really does say that we are each called to the time that we're in. Mm -hmm. Like, we're called for this moment. Esther was called for such a time as this. You know, you're called for such a time as this. The disciples were called to turn a generation upside down when Jesus uh, had you know, died and rose again and went to heaven. You are called, they were called for that. You're called for this time. Paul was called to go through this. Mm -hmm. You are called to go through this life that we live. Your children that are going to be born or have been born are going to be called for their time when it's their time to lead. God puts us in the right place at the right time and we don't need to be afraid. We just need to walk in, in the spirit of freedom. That's really good. I feel like up until this point in our life, I mean, there, there've been difficult decisions, but there's been pretty much a clear, like, that's the way to go yeah. consistently. That's the way you keep going that way. Although it may be hard sometimes, you may run into difficulty. Like, that is the direction. And I think now we're in this place that's so unknown and so uncertain. But I think it's we have to keep reminding ourselves. And what you're saying, we just need to have that as our trumpet cry. Like, we were called to this. God shows us. It says we were plucked out of eternity mm-hmm. to live in this time and in this place. So like wherever you're living right now, I know my aunt watches from Michigan. You're there, Aunt Mary, for such a time as this yeah. in that place where you were called. So your aunt I think watches that's really this? good. 
My Aunt Mary Paradosky. Oh, Aunt yes. Mary Paradosky. You have two Aunt Marys. I do. I have a lot of, a lot of Aunt Marys. Maybe the other Aunt Mary will watch this I too. I would Who love knows? for her to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> so, really good. I think that's good. We just need to keep reminding ourselves because as you're saying it, I've heard you say that a million times and it encourages me. So, I think that needs to be a daily mantra. Yeah. Good job. Uh, I want to talk about verse 10 from Acts 25, verse 10. It says, Paul said, I am standing before Caesar's tribunal where I ought to be tried. I have done nothing wrong to the Jews as you also very well know. Now, Paul, if you read uh, Acts 24, you would have found out that Paul had already been imprisoned for two years at this point. He had been imprisoned under the governor Felix. Now, Felix was not the governor anymore, and he left Governor Felix before he went out of office. He left Paul imprisoned as a favor to the Jews. So Festus now acquires Paul as a prisoner, and he's trying to get his mind around who is this guy? Why is he imprisoned? What do the Jews have wrong? You know, have an odd against him and all this stuff. But he's literally been in prison for two years for doing nothing wrong. That's awful. Like, what an awful place to be. Yet, these Jews were still trying to plot to kill him. It wasn't like he was in prison in Caesarea, which is away from Jerusalem quite a ways. It was like not out of sight, out of mind. These Jews still had, were plotting and ready to kill him. And were in fact, like the first thing they said to Festus was bring him to Jerusalem so he can be tried there. Meanwhile, they're trying to plot to kill him. So it's like, first thing that I saw in this was grudges and bitterness mm. are irrational. Mm -hmm. Like for two years, these people, they didn't just forget it and be like, well, Felix is going to keep him alive. Like we can stop thinking about it. No, these guys had a grudge against oh him. They gosh. had bitterness and it was completely irrational and it made no sense. And two, I see Paul still seems really calm and level headed, but still bold. So he had perseverance. He had this inner peace. And I just think it was the grace of God. And so the question I asked myself and I want to ask all of us is, are we being any of these things right now. People would say we've been quote unquote imprisoned. Like not really. We've been told to stay at home to be safe. Like, yes, it's been hard. Yes, there are things that are hard about it. But are we acting like this is the end of the world? Are we allowing inner peace to rise up in us? Are we diving into the word of God and getting the peace that we need for every day? Are we reminding ourselves of what Matt just talked about, that we have been chosen to live in such a time of time as this, that if we know Jesus, that we have nothing to fear. If God be for us, who can be against us? There is grace in this space. And it's only been eight weeks. Paul yeah. was in prison for two years yeah. and he had done nothing wrong. Yeah. And so that really, really stood out to me. Also, can I, Paul, can I say something about I what would, you're saying? Yes. So think about that for a second. What Paul did in prison for two years, he wrote a bunch of letters to the church to encourage uh, them, to encourage people and um, I just thought, like, what can we be doing during this odd time that we live in? Now, mm -hmm. social distancing for Florida, as the time that this has been recorded, uh, is essentially uh, in a phase one ending, okay? And so we're, we're phasing back into uh, regular life. Um, but uh, even in this kind of time where we have extra time, where our kids aren't in sports right now uh, or just whatever. We got a lot of stuff going on. We got a little more time on our hands. I, a friend of mine uh, said real estate for them began to slow down. Um, just for them, because I actually had no other friends where real estate hasn't slowed down at all. But for that person, they kind of started seeing the writing on the wall and said, you know what? Real estate might not be as hot for a while. Let me get my mortgage license so that I can do mortgages too. Mm -hmm. And literally spent the, the first eight weeks of this, you know, stay at home, getting their mortgage license. Mm -hmm. And I'm thought, 
come on, like way to go. You know, what we've been doing as a church is we've been spending time perfecting our digital presence during this time. And we've been advancing our ability to get the word of God out on social media, on YouTube, on the internet, in, in digital ways. We, we got our church on TV for the first time for Easter. So mm-hmm. we've taken this time to advance what we've done as a church. We've had a digital presence, um, but now we have a much stronger digital presence. And when all this is said and done, um, and we're meeting in buildings and we're doing these things again and all that stuff has kind of come back to some normalcy and some consistency and something we can actually count on, we're still going to be strong digitally. Mm-hmm. Digital will be a normal for us it, because really the majority of the world that we can reach will be reached digitally. Yeah. Whether we have 1,000, 3,000, 50,000 people coming to a church building, the majority of the world can be reached digitally. Mm-hmm. There's another 7 billion people out there mm-hmm. that aren't going to walk into your church, right? And so this is the thought of let's continue to advance why we're in prison yeah, or why we have to stay at home or why it would be better to stay at home rather. Yeah. I want to say that also during this time, I think we can learn a lot about Paul's demeanor knowing that he's been in prison for two years. He's not getting riled up. He's not yelling. He's not raising his voice. He's being very respectful, but he's also standing up for himself and he's refusing to be bullied or manipulative or manipulated. He was respectful and calm, but he still was like, no, I need to be uh, in trial here. I'm not, you don't need to take me to Jerusalem. And he actually was listened to because he was respectful and calm. And for my application for this verse for myself was just wait well, make good use of your time. Like you were just talking about, don't fret or be anxious, savor the moments, but above all, trust God. So much trust can be birthed and your faith can grow so much in this time. And if you leave this season with nothing else, maybe you didn't go get a mortgage license or didn't go, I've been doing, um, Hillsong College has been giving out free courses on the Bible. So I've been learning more about the Bible than I've ever known before, which has been really exciting. I've been learning about how to deal with anxiety and leadership, for instance. Yeah. I, I didn't go get a mortgage license, but I've been learning how to deal with, uh, I'm going to the school of hard knocks, okay? <laughs> which is dealing with people with anxiety, which is everyone, including myself. Is, yeah. and, and anxiety is, you know, just long story short, it's not, oh, I'm afraid, oh, I'm worried. Anxiety is what we do when our expectations aren't being met mm-hmm. and we, we work, we do something. And so learning how to deal with that, I've been I've been spending time doing that. So mm-hmm. there's, there's lots of things that you yeah. can do. You don't have to go to college or get a license yeah but you could but you want to leave this season with something and you something can look back more. and be like not regret because if you just sit here and you wallow wallow and like just sit here and are like i hope i just want to get back to normal and i can't wait and watching the news and all those things that get you riled up no you can learn how to trust god you can learn how to read your bible and get something out of it by doing the soap method by joining us every day with morning breath whatever it is take it get a new habit yeah and dive in and above all trust God like I said he is the key to the inner peace that Paul was experiencing I think somebody is probably going to end up writing a book uh, probably a lot of books a lot of people season. will do that but I mean someone's going to write a new book yeah it's never written before mm-hmm. uh, someone's going to write some poetry songs are going to come out of this yep you know uh, new studies will come out of this research will come out of this and this is people that are going to put some work and get some things done. Yep. You know what I'm learning too is time management. 
and how many things are calling our names because we live in this digital age. So we have the world at our fingertips. So we have email on our phone. We have text messages. We have messenger app. We have uh, all the social media things that have notifications and they're all calling our name. And this is not a new thing, but I, in this new season, I'm trying to be like, what can I get rid of? What can I um, just manage better? And email for me, the past, I'm on day two, I'm not checking it before 3 p.m. Smart. It is so hard. I cannot tell you how many times my muscle memory of my thumb has gone to my email app and I'm like, no, close it. I'm not doing that. But I am just trying to instill some new habits so that I can come out of this like a little healthier. Another thought, uh, our church, we, you know, we have just under probably 70 employees, including our daycare. It's just right about there. And uh, we're actually been working really hard to um, to ask our questions on some of our systems. Like, what are our big struggles right now? Mm -hmm. And one of those we found is communication. We're struggling with communication. We have too many ways to communicate. Yeah. And we have old ways and new ways and mm -hmm. newer ways. And here we, here we are. No what consistency. We, yeah, very process. lack of consistency. You know, but here what we could do is we can uh, reform our communication as an organization. Mm -hmm and work better and work harder um, at that and make our system work well. Next thing you know, people are happier, they're more efficient, things mm -hmm. are getting done simpler and easier because the communication's there. Um, these are all great things that we can work on. Yep. Uh, and I, I, I actually, I didn't like have one verse, but it was like, kind of like the whole, whole story of Acts chapter 25 where Paul's speaking, then Festus is speaking, then Agrippa is speaking, and Bernice is there. And, you know, it's just like, who are all these people? They, and, but they all had a part to play in Paul's mm -hmm. story and in Paul's uh, uh, conflict that he was currently dealing with. Yeah, I agree. Well, we are, we have been in Acts 25. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, Morning Breath will be in Acts 26 tomorrow. So make sure to join us then. And we will see you next Monday. That's right. See you then. Bye. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531, Barfield Contracting. Treating you like family. God bless you. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts.
East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.